3: West Cork Beard Company, make beard oil and beard balm for a strong, healthy, great looking beard. Handmade from all natural ingredients in Clonacilty West Cork. Check out their YouTube channel for beard care tips and advice, or catch them online at westcorkbeardcompany.ie. Yes, what's happening, people? Welcome back to the same old arsenal podcast. There's no Craig tonight. I'm afraid he's busy working. So you're stuck with me. I'm your host, Dan Potts, and I've of course got some fantastic guests. Anna, bearded tuna. Let's get you on same old arsenal UK, not USA. How are you, man? Good man. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Looking forward to the chat, fellas. Yeah, man, it, uh, it's going to be a good one isn't it? <clears throat> talk about. Harry's back. Me and Harry on a podcast. I've missed you, man, in a weird way. <laughs> uh, I've missed
1: you. I've missed you too, man. We haven't really had a chat, have we, since uh, Granite Xhaka got given a new contract and all of that fell apart. But I've got to say, tonight, I've got a bit of beard envy looking at Tanner. That is one hell of a beard, <laughs> mate. I've got to say, that is that is top draw. Top. I love all the different directions. One that way, and then yeah. this bit comes in. It's perfect.
0: And you like Brilliant. you like the but highlights man. in there too, Harry? Oh, the hard to we'll say the colours,
3: Brilliant. mate. The, colours, the colours are all good, mate. <laughs> Only uh, I'm allowed to say that. Oh, of course, of course. <laughs> um, talking of hair, Lee Judges is in the house. How <laughs> are you doing, <there>, Lee? <laughs> no,
4: very nice, that. It's very nice. Thank you very much for that, like, you know. So uh,
3: How are you, mate? You all right?
4: Yeah, yeah, all good, all good. Like, yeah, no problems. No problems.
3: So, um, <laughs> boys, pleasure to be back with you. Um... Thanks to everyone for joining us. We're over 100 already watching live. Unbelievable. Great stuff. Hello to everyone in the chat. Hello to all the audio listeners. Thanks for joining us so much. I expect a lot of interaction tonight. Boys, pre-season has come to an end. I'm going to start with you, Harry. Uh, what have you made of things? What the... <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into that, man. We'll get into I'm not starting with that. Uh, preseason is over. What have you made of things? Are you losing your head? Do you understand the reaction about some of the lack of performances and lack of results? Talk to me, Harry.
1: So I've I w- I'm at the point where I'm about to lose my head, uh, if I'm being completely honest, because oh, I think I didn't, I didn't
3: Go on, mate.
1: Th- there's been so much, hasn't there? Talk since Mikel Arteta's taken over about not having time to prepare, and you know the fact that he took over mid-season and then he's. He finished his first season and then there was a quick turnaround before the next season started. And everybody kind of gave him a little bit more leeway, I think, as a result of that. And now we're in a place where he's had a full preseason. Yes, it was disrupted in a sense of our tour to the USA was obviously postponed, but he still had time. And, um, you know, to, to, to make Arsenal... Um, look, a lot of it is not in his hands, but he still had time to prepare the team better. I think the performances that we've seen in preseason have been a little bit concerning. However, I'm I'm using that as kind of a part of my argument and not the reason for my argument because they are preseason games. You can't lose your head about losing a preseason game. I think that's just unnecessary, over the top. But the fact that we're going into the season with you know, a squad that is arguably weaker than the one that we ended the season with is a real worry. You know, Ben White is a fantastic prospect, and I'm sure he will go on to be a very good signing for Arsenal. But we lost David Luiz. And for me, David Luiz was our best centre-back last season. So we needed to do that business. But elsewhere in the rest of the team, has there been improvement? We've lost Martin Odegaard. We've lost Danny Ceballos as an option. Even with him, I wasn't a massive fan of his, but, you know, he is someone that was an alternative option. And now we're even thinner on the ground. We bought La Conga in, looks a good player, but again, he's one for the future. And you're just looking at the business that we've done so far, and you're trying to work out how it makes us stronger now. It might make us stronger in two, three years down the line, but the problem is now. And Mikel Arteta needs to understand that this is too big of a football club for you to be given free reign for three or four seasons to, you know, do a, to work on a project. Things have to move and they have to move a lot quicker than they've moved so far. And, you know, we heard so much, didn't we, in the build up to the summer about this big plan that Arsenal had in place for the window and that they were going to do this transfer and that transfer. And it seems more and more clear with each day that passes that this plan was, Heavily reliant on Arsenal getting players out, players that we should have anticipated. Nobody would be <coughs> interested in players that we should have anticipated would not fetch anywhere near the value that the club want. You're never going to get twenty million pound for Hector Bellerin, which is what the club are said to want. You n- you were never going to get thirty million pound, twenty five even for Granit Xhaka because the clubs outside of the Premier League, when it comes to money at the moment, are screwed. They are all screwed. We think COVID's hit the Premier League, and it has. But go go look at what's going on in Serie A. And they've just been told that they're only going to be allowed 33% uh, of the supporters in stadiums moving forward, which is another massive blow to them. You look at Spain, look at the financial problems that even Barcelona and Real Madrid are currently having. So the market was always going to be tough. And to think that we were going to be able to move all these players on and bring money in to then fund the rebuild was naive. And if that was the plan, all along, it's a weak plan and it's a plan that is falling apart in front of our eyes.
3: Harry, uh, you're a changed man, mate. Um, (laughs) I did not expect this. No, I'm only joking. I've got to agree with everything you said. Um, Tanner, I'm going to come to you next on this one because Harry's made a good point. Are we weaker with this squad? than we were last season. A question just come in the chat, but it has disappeared because there's quite a few of you in there saying, is Ben White better than David Luiz or is David Luiz better than Ben White? Well, it doesn't really matter, does it? Because we've got one out and one in. I can understand, Tanner, what we're doing in terms of young crop of players. And I keep saying that off the pitch, I get it, I see it. It's not being executed on the pitch though. What have you made of pre-season and what have you made of our transfer window so far, Tanner?
0: I mean preseason is is to me in any sport is always more about fitness, you know, meshing with your teammates and and you know learning the coach's system or the manager's system and staying healthy. you know that that was always the the main thing. i mean let's let's face it, we can have a poor preseason and then turn it on when when the you know when the points actually matter. Um, the thing that's that's very disheartening for me, in preseason is it it comes down to tactics with Mikel Arteta. I just don't like what I'm seeing and stylistically from him. And I don't think what he's trying to do works for the squad that he has in terms of the transfers. When you look at the profile of player that we're bringing in a Ben White, you know, young, full of potential, Laconga, same thing, Nuno Tavares, you know, sort of the same thing there. So I like the profile of player we're going after, but it doesn't fit what Mikel Arteta wants to do, and you know, last year he turned us around defensively and we became stalwarts. And we were, you know, I think third fewest goals conceded in the league. I want to say at, at just over a goal a game, we conceded 39 goals in the league all season last year, but we can't score. And, and you know, structurally, defensively, you want structure, you want discipline, but in attack, you want chaos, really, you want creativity. Let these players express themselves, and it seems like he's just shackled them, you know, all of them, be it Bukayo Saka, be it Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. These guys just have no creativity in their game whatsoever at this point. So, you know, to answer the original question, Dan, you know, how do I feel looking, looking forward to the season? Well, <laughs> you can't really be disappointed when your expectations are barely above sea level.
3: Yeah, listen. This is this is the realist the realistic approach as well is what are we expecting with this group of players. We bought Ben White, that's it. Lakonga and Tavares have had a little bit of a mention. Uh they've we've seen some minutes from them and to be honest, they've been pa- fairly positive. They look like good players, look like okay signings from where I'm standing. But of course, we are in a position where we still need so much more. Lee judges, I'm gonna to come to you on this one because me and you were speaking last night. We were very disappointed, and I think you'll Won't mind me saying you were extremely angry at times last night because of the frustration. And I think that Tanner brings up a good point here, Lee. We had the first best defence in the league. So the first priority signing is the centre-half. Everybody said that's good business because it means that because it wasn't a priority, it was £50 million, which means we're going to see that spent again in other positions. And so far, that hasn't happened. What are you making of what you're seeing in front of your eyes, Lee?
4: I see chaos, shambolic. I see incompetence. I really, I really do. That's how I feel at the moment. Pre-season is not just about the football and results and getting fit. It's about the whole package. It's about getting transfers, getting in players, bedded in, getting them ready for the season to come, giving you excitement, looking forward to the season. I've got no excitement going into this season. We come eighth last season and all we've gone and done is buy a central defender to replace a decent centre defender that that if if you look at it, I, I think we could have kept David Luiz for another for another year. And and uh, if that would have meant getting Madison and Noir in, I would have took that. I would have said, you know what, sitting around the table, I'll say if we get Madison Noir, I'll keep Luiz for another season because we get we, we as as Tanja said, fur best defensive record. You know, I think that we're we're stout I think the tactics are stale I think that the the whole club's stale I think it needs a, a refit I, I went to the Emirates up, uh, last week I looked around all the all the all the seats are all faded yep you know what I mean like just like the club fading fading you know, you know everything about it is
3: do you know what? I've got to come in there quickly because I went to the to Chelsea game. I wasn't sitting with you in your amazing Diamond Club level, of course. But I went, I went with my dad and we sat we sat in different seats. And I, so that's I, the first time I've ever looked at the seat numbers for years because I've never needed to. So I said to my dad, I said, I can't read these seat numbers. I said, did that fade It, it is just, uh, and I looked at it. I know people sort of say, yeah, but it's 15 years old. No, that happens. But it does kind of put into perspective. We've moved to this beautiful stadium and look at where we are. I just I look at the the seats now. It's starting to look a bit wear and tear. A little bit like uh, uh, it is on the pitch, mate. So I think you make a good point there, Lee.
4: Yeah, I just 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 neglect neglect of everything. You know, neglect from the from the stadium. The stadium's getting neglected. The uh, the club, the football team's getting neglected. Everything, and I just think that you start. You know, I, I always remember my dad saying, you know, when I was playing as a footballer. Make sure you look smart. Make sure you got you know no holes in your socks. No, I had that when I ever played football. I could never play with a hole in my sock because it just wasn't right. You know what I mean? Like so, I used to throw them back the kick man as an hole in them on a loop out. Always look the part. So when you when you look the part, like you know you you feel feel much better. And I look around and I just think that you know the whole thing needs freshening up. I look at the forwards and I'm going to be honest. I'm gonna be really honest with you. Like, Tammy Abraham's ain't good enough for Arsenal, is what I hear. You know what I mean? Like, I've, I'm, I'm watching players like Lacazette like not not scoring goals and, and 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 strikers in the last three four seasons getting us no higher than eighth. But these players are not good enough for Arsenal no more. What is going? What 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 is what are wrong with this football club? You know, I watch Tammy Abraham. He, he give he give us. A, a, a going over against Arsenal's defense. He roughed us up, put us all under all sorts of pressure. Well I don't see that from any Arsenal team at this moment. I can't see Lacazette roughing up anybody. I can't see uh, I see Lacazette not, you know being pushed up. I see um um Pepe get brushed us off the ball yesterday like like it was no one no one near him like you know I mean a top the player doing that to you. I just think that it's awful. I look at it, and you know, people people laugh about it. And I've had a few people turn around when when that Hoyberg had a go at Mikel Arteta, one player around him, so, someone turned around and said, "Yeah, because the other players hoping you get a good hiding. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like this is what the football clubs coming to at the moment. Like, you know what I mean? You know, not even defending your own and whatever, like you know. And I just think that. I know, and people still blame Marcel Wenger for all this, and I'm not having it no more. I'm not having it no more. There's been plenty of opportunities to get out rid of all these players. You know, let's just be honest, Lacazette shouldn't be going into the last year of his contract, nor should Eddie, because those mistakes were made four, five, six, seven, eight years ago. But there we are again, still making the same mistakes. Same mistakes as that. I think if Bellerin go, doesn't leave this season, he goes into the last year of his contract next season. You know, when are we going to start doing things properly as a football club? Now, I don't care. When you come eighth in the league, if you're an owner that cares, you look at it and you turn around and you say to yourself, right, what do you need? Oh, I need this, this and that. Right, I'll give you this, this and that. Right? And we're we'll we'll, we'll worried about getting rid of the other players when it matters. There's the money for it. and I'll, Or I'll recruit somewhere else down the line. Nothing like that. You know... If it's true we're having to sell Willock to fund another deal, why are we buying a fifty pounds of defender which we didn't really need? These are things that have got to be asked. They've got to be asked. Now, the other thing that needs to be asked and needs to be addressed with with Mikio and I can't believe these questions are not being asked. Why are you playing Hexabella in? I'm going to bring in Granit Xhaka as well because you have to say it as well bringing in players and playing them five days before the season starts if you've tried all summer to try and sell them. Why? why? You know, all of a sudden, because nobody else wants them, I tell you what, they come back into our first team or whatever, like, you know, and people will turn around and go and, and criticise Granit Xhaka. And, I'm, and I've said it before and i say again. He is the least of our problems at this moment in time, like, you know, of, of, of midfield players. And as I was talking to Kevin earlier on, just imagine if Arsenal were ahead got rid of him now because they haven't brought no-one in, right? We now go into the season with El Nini and Laconga, you know, as our two uh, midfield. because Partey's injured again. He's injured now. You know, so the right thing was to do was, you know, if we couldn't get in the midfield player that Arsenal wanted, and I don't know who that would be, uh, you know, uh, maybe that's why they've kept with Brandon Xhaka. The other side of it is... um. Mikel Arteta, and this is the other thing. Obviously, wants these players about because otherwise, they wouldn't be there. Because somebody said to me the other day, "Oh, well, we have got to a plan." Well, if that's the case, why hasn't he played Torreira? Why hasn't he played Quindouzi? They've they've gone. You know what I mean? Like so, ultimately, he um, Great point. he must he must like these players. And then the next thing I've got to say about uh, uh, Mikel Arteta, I don't know what to believe now. Right. I say this openly, and you can make comments about it if you want, like, you know. He turned around and says, Don't worry about it. The ball is going to back me. I haven't seen the ball back him once, like, you know. Don't worry. Um, Joe he has got a big future at Arsenal Football Club. He's not going to be sold. He's going to be here for he's he's in my plans for, for whatever. Two weeks later, he's sold. Now. I know sometimes you have to keep things to yourself and all that, but don't come out and say things in. Don't tell me that you're being backed when I don't see it. And don't tell me that you're going to keep a player and in two weeks let him go. Because what that does, guys, in my opinion, it starts me thinking, I don't trust you no more, Mikel. I don't trust what you're saying. I don't, I'm don't. i not trusting what I'm seeing on the pitch because you keep making mistake after mistake. And I don't trust what you're doing when, with what you're saying now I don't care that we can just sit here and chew the fat over I have watched Arsenal for 38 games last season about 10 of them at home when we get to the final third and we can't open up a team we break, it breaks down and then the team hits us on the counter attack and they score I've seen it in 6 pre-season games now I've, I've, I've watched 4 of them and I've seen exactly the same football as what I was seeing last season nothing has changed Nothing has given me inspiration to think this could be different. That's why I think pre-season is still important.
3: Mate, I couldn't agree with you any more, Lee. Um, It is so negative at the moment. I think people in the chat are saying negative, negative. Yeah, it is because I can't see any positives. And people have been saying to me that I'm very, very negative and I have been for a long time. I've just been consistent. I've tried to be real. I've not seen what this manager has got. And he's still proving me confusing, 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 confusing. Harry, let's come to you because... The transfer window is still open, as everyone keeps saying. Um, but only four days until the new season, mate. Um, can you see us doing more business is my first question, which I hope is is obviously yes. And more importantly, what are you kind of expecting up until the 31st of August now? Because this is going to be tough. We're leaving it late yet again, mate.
1: Yeah, I think there will be business. I think there'll be at least a couple of players to come in. Um, who they are, I don't know. Uh, how big in terms of investment-wise they will be. I don't know yet. Uh, But for me, I guess, you know, forget expecting anything before the season kicks off, right? We're cutting it too fine at the moment. So we've just got to hope that we do get business done by the time the, the window slams shut. I guess for me, there's a lot of negativity around at the moment. And for, you know, a lot of the reasons that people are feeling frustrated are justified. The only thing I would say is, we we have to remember that Arsenal were better in the second half of last season. And we shouldn't forget that the team did improve as the season went on. And so, in theory, anyway, <laughs> the team should continue in that vein. And so if we turned in the kind of form or we could extend that form we showed in the second half of last season over a longer period, then we stand in good stead to finish in a better position. At the end of the day, we were only six points off of the top four. And that's crazy to think when you think how bad of a season it was for Arsenal last time around. So I'm not saying that people shouldn't be frustrated. I've just gone on a rant at the beginning of this podcast about all the reasons why I'm frustrated and disappointed. But there is an element to improving, I think that we're overlooking sometimes because our head is in the clouds when it comes to transfers. It's all about transfers. We need new players in. We need to improve the squad by bringing other personnel in. And actually, you can improve the team in other ways as well. I think it's clear that we do need to do some further business, and I'm not saying we don't. But people like Bukayo Saka are only going to get better. People like Emil Smith-Rowe are only going to get better if Kieran Tierney can stay fit for a longer period of time, that's a big boost to us. If Thomas Partey can overcome this initial injury and not break down every three weeks next season, then there are factors and solutions within that group that would see Arsenal play at a higher level. So I I do think we need business, I do think we need transfers, but there is an element of Arsenal being able to improve within themselves that I think because we're in the transfer window right now, we're maybe overlooking a little bit when actually that's probably the only way that we're going to do it because as I said right at the top of the show everybody went into the summer I saw endless lists on Twitter of Arsenal fans typing in players names and saying Doozy, 20 million pounds Uh, Joe Willock 25 30 million pounds Granit Xhaka 30 million pounds these are all the players I'd move out that totals up to 186 million pounds and then with that money I'm going to go and sign xyz and it was just If that was the plan, it's such a weak plan because it was a plan you were never going to be able to pull off. So I do think Arsenal, as you said, Dan, and as Lee said, have not backed Mikel Arteta here. And for all the problems that he's brought on himself and he has brought a lot on himself, he has made a lot of mistakes. A lot of the issues that we're suffering with, the players that we can't get rid of are from previous regimes. It's a hangover for all the bad decisions we've made in the past. And that's where, when we sit here and we have a go at the club and we um, we complain about Arteta's tenure so far, I do think we need to be a little bit more specific in where we're putting the blame for certain issues. And I think he's made a lot of errors so far, as we've said time and time again. But a lot of the problems that we've had this summer, i.e. him not having the money to go and do the business that he wants to do, before selling people, and the fact that we are stuck with players that are on stupid contracts that nobody wants to touch with a barge pole, that's a problem from previous. And I don't really know what Mikel Arteta can do to to address that, to deal with that. It's either get really ruthless and just bin these players off, but then leave yourself thin, or or use them because you can't afford to get others. I don't, I don't really know what the solution is for him. The other way to look really? at it,
4: right. Mm. And I'll tell you what, the, the way I look at it, right. Is yeah, you the market is, um, stretched what you're saying. Like, right, yeah, but it works the other way around. Like a while last season was 65 million pound. Now he's down to 20. So well, you have to look at it and go, right. Okay. Right. We're, 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 we're losing out. We, we'll take 15 minute 15 million for Shaka, but we can get, a while for for twenty million, which he was worth fifty five last season. So if um, players are are going to be down on things, when you buy, you're going to be, you're, you're weighing it up. And I think that's how you have got to look at it. That's how I would, would would anyway. The only market that's not not going to be um, weak, in my opinion. Is is our own market like, in England, like you know? So if you want to, if you want to go and buy Ben White, for instance, a central defender, you're going to have to go and buy buy, buy him uh, over the odds or top notch. Same with a midfield player. But I think if you see our Europe at this moment in time, when you when you look at Barcelona, Barcelona are going to be getting rid of loads of players in the next week or so. You might be able to pick up some bargains. And that's what I'm saying. The French league is on its knees at this moment in time because of what's gone on. As you just said, it, the Italian teams are, are on their knees at this moment in time. So you can go and pick and pick a few um, cherries out of the old pot, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but we don't do it. I look at it and think to yourself, right. Well, if you bought like how I see it, if you go and buy Madison for seventy thousand, and you go, uh, sorry, seventy million, and you and you go and buy, oh like sixty-five million, and you go and buy a, a wire for. 25, say like 90 million pound for two players. Cut that down, 45 million each. That's how I'd look at it and go, well, that ain't a bad. That's not bad for two quality midfield players. But we don't. We go, oh, it's 70 million for this and whatever like that. And I, and I think that somewhere along the line, you're gonna you're gonna have to take a hit on certain players. You know, as you quite rightly said, Bellerin, you're gonna take a hit on. But you might be able to sell Willock for the going price over here, 25 million. Maybe make the Niles for twenty five million um, over here on the going rate. And then lose a few what you've gained up from that, you, you might have to take a nip from from players going abroad. You know, Bellerin's never going to play in England again, is he? Like I, I don't think there any Premier League club's gonna be looking at him, you know. And I think that you know, even with Granite Shakra, I'll be honest with you, I think probably he looked at himself and thought to himself, do you know what, I'll be better off in the Italian league. But ultimately, these Italian clubs at this moment in time aren't going to be able to afford these players, Harry.
1: Yeah, well, I, I, I don't know if it's the the transfer fees, though, that are the problem when we're trying to move players on. It's like, take, for example, somebody like Sia Se- Kalasinac or Hector Bellerin, right? Those guys are, you're talking about players that are earning reportedly yeah, close to 100k right. a week. and And you can agree to let them go for nothing. And you can say to a club, yeah, you can pay us a pound for him. And you can have him, but those players are under contract, and unless they agree to go in, they're not going to go.
4: And and why I would you? Do that at, but then you, you say know. to Mary, you'd be ruthless, did not you? You say to it you're better in, right? I'll tell you what, you, you don't want to go, fair enough. Then they don't start playing him.
1: Yeah, yeah,
4: that's yeah. my the, point. If you don't want to, you know, get you, you'll be, you know, not in the squad. Um, We'll pay you, you know, come training, but you ain't going to be playing at any part of these these, these games. That, that, that's,
3: a, game. that's a... That's a great point for me. And and before I bring Tanner in, I'll I'll come to you on this, Harry, because I I, I want to ask you this. I've seen Chelsea and Spurs now, and I've seen players in the squad that we were told were not the part of the future. We all thought William was going to America, whatever it be. We all thought Kolasinac was going. We all thought Bellerin was going. We thought Chaka was going. Now he's staying. It's quite disappointing for someone like me who doesn't rate those players to still see them on the bench. And all I get told is we can't get rid of them. Well, don't put them on the bench then. Just let them let them just just be yeah, a part. If... Of it. Let's bring through some of the some of the academy or something, because we know what these players can do. Nothing. So I'd rather give Balogun a go than Eddie and I'd rather give Nelson a go than Willian. I'd rather give um, Charlie Patino a go than El Nenny. Do you know what I mean? I'd rather see some of these these great young lads in the games against Millwall and Watford and all that instead of these players that we're all dead and just want gone.
4: Someone but just it's... put in a chat, which is a great thing. We've done it with Ozil. Yeah, but look what happened
1: there. We had him for half a season doing nothing and we were forking out a shitload of money. Mustafi, another one, half a season doing nothing. Socrates, another one, half a season can doing we not, nothing. Can we, do you not think and, we can
3: afford to mutually terminate their contracts, Aaron? Just say, see you later. Can but we then we, we don't
1: even have... We don't have money to bring in players, which is... Arsenal will give you all this bullshit that they've got money and all summer we've been here and they've got 200 plus million to spend. It's all bullshit because if they had that money, they would have gone and done their business before worrying about moving some of these players out. like Lee said. So totally. totally. they haven't. They haven't. And the whole problem this summer, reading between the lines, is that we have based our entire recruitment strategy over this summer on the fact that we are going to be able to sell a load of players and we can't sell them. And, and now we're stuck. That's Arsenal don't want to wait till the end of August to do their business. Mikel Arteta, is a, he's a really sort of strict coach. He doesn't want to be messing about in the transfer market once the season's kicked off. But he's got no choice because of the situation. And this is why I say I don't think that Mikel Arteta has done everything right. I think he's made a lot of mistakes. But the blame has to be put on the club, not him, because he as a person... I'm sure would love to have 200 million to go and do his business. I'm not for a second doubting that. It's where is the blame? And the blame needs to be put on these guys at the top. And th- the fact is, players like Xhaka, I'll tell you exactly what happened with Granit Xhaka. Arsenal said, yeah, you know what? If we can get 20 million for this guy, then we can go and get Husemoa or whoever else it may be to come in and fill that position straight away. And we're going to take a bit of a hit, but we'll do it because we, in our eyes, we we're upgrading it. What did they do? They went and scoured the transfer market. They looked around. They found players like Ruben Neves. who, is he an upgrade on Granit Xhaka? Maybe a slight upgrade, but none of us would sit here and say, Ruben yeah. Neves is going to transform our midfield. But that's going to cost you £35 million. And for Granit Xhaka, Roma are offering £12 million plus three. So it's it's, it's another 20000000 million you've got to throw on top to get a player oh, you Harry, don't he, even he know is going to be better. But that's Harry, that's the point. Won. That's why well, they've we've gone sat back here to on, this. on
3: this podcast and on your podcast and any podcast menu you've been on. And we said together, what's the number one priority? And it was a partner for Thomas Party. But according to Arteta, it's a center half.
1: Is it though? Or is it? Like, is it, it looks that, that way. That's what he's, he's ended up being able to get. The thing is, we did need a center half. You can't let David Luiz go agree. and not bring one in. We needed one. But I think they thought that they were going to bring more money in and they thought they'd be able to go out and get a number of players to come in and fill in and, and be better and upgrade. And what they've actually done is looked at the market and gone, actually, based on what we're going to get in for this guy and what it's going to cost us to upgrade on him, actually makes more sense for us to just sign him up on a contract. And it's horrible because I don't think that's the way to go. I think as much as I defend Granite Xhaka, I think his Arsenal career had come to that point where there just needed to be a mutual break between the club and him. But he's here now, and and I'm not that bothered because I think there are more important areas. But if we don't address those, then God help him.
3: (laughs) Uh, 100%. Uh, I'm going to bring this super chat in, Tanner. Let's give you this one. Uh, Jack Ramsey says, can teams like Palace, who've had great windows, catch Arsenal, who have stalled completely after Ben White? no Nketiah please Palace don't even want him I'm going to bring up a couple of questions here Um, one of mine and one obviously from Jacks. there Tana first of all do you think that there can be teams like that I mean I personally think Palace are a relegation threat in my opinion I don't see them being in the top half personally but I think everybody is out jumping us. We're looking, we forget Man City's and Chelsea's and all that. They've signed in Lukaku and they're signing Jack Grealish and potentially Harry Kane. Liverpool have got Kenyatta at the back now next to Van Dijk with all of their players back. Man United have signed Raphael Varane, Jaden Sancho, and they're looking at getting a defensive midfielder in. They're all gone. Top four is kind of uh, like long gone, as far as I'm concerned, looking on paper. Leicester, if they keep Madison and Tielemans, they've added uh, Dakar. They've added um, Samare, who are really great as well. So they've got some good players It's going to be very, very tough for us. But my question is this we've got so many bad players that are still at this club. So, this is why it's quite hard for me to trust the process when I cannot see us progressing. Because the way I see it is at the moment, we've got a front three that come eighth, a center midfield that's come eighth, and a back four that's come eighth. And the only position that's changed is Ben White. We've got no backup goalkeeper. No creative midfielder that is ahead of Smith Rowe, and we're looking at four right backs now, which he still doesn't know what to choose. I see Mateo Niles coming on again yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what is happening here, Tanner? <laughs> uh,
0: first question: Palace specifically. No, I don't. I don't see Palace leapfrogging us. But I, we talked about this on 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 the USA show a couple of weeks ago. Maybe it was last week. In in today's Premier League, does any result really shock you? I mean, we look back at, at at last year, and 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 I don't remember who it was that pasted Liverpool. It was it was Villa pasted Liverpool at seven to one, or something like that. And and at the moment, and it was early in the year, and yet yeah, was surprising. But come the end of the year, it was like, but that's not really that surprising anymore. When you look at the season overall as a whole, I, there's a lot of parity within the Premier League. The top two going into this season, I think, are City, Chelsea. You could put United at three for me. Liverpool at four with a healthy Van Dyke and, and Ibrahima Kanate back there, and, and they're going to do what they do up front. But the rest of the league, it, it's 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 topsy turvy. And I think you we're gonna see the same thing again this year that we saw last year with you know teams, uh, you know, Burnley can show up and and beat a Chelsea out of you no know, West Brom beat it, you know, hanging six on Chelsea at the bridge for or five, whatever it was at the bridge. So there's there's a lot of parity, and, and yes, these teams are getting better that were behind us. And oh, by the way, let's not forget a West Ham side that finished above us that everybody said now, no, wait, no, wait, their, their their cliff is coming. Their cliff never came. Their cliff never came and they haven't really improved, but they haven't gotten any worse from last year. They're going to be another force to reckon with this year. So I I see this, you know, I see us finishing anywhere from eighth to 14th, to be honest with you going into this season. And And what would change that for you? What what would change that? Like what, what signs would change that? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I want to circle back to to Harry and a bit of the, you know, I think we're all frustrated with what we've seen so far this summer, but I'll circle back to Harry because it's not all doom and gloom. If you go back last season and you, let's take some individual mistakes or even some bad officiating that went against us, the Granachaka basically own goal at at Burnley, where he may as well have just kicked the ball into his own net. Take that out of the equation and give us three points there. Now we're three points off the top four. Uh, the David Louise penalty that, that was not at Wolves, take that off the board, and now all of a sudden we're level on top four with points. So we are not that far off from last season. If we can eliminate some individual mistakes, uh, hopefully the the, the Bakayo Sakas, the Emil Smith-Rose, the Pepes are, should get better, should continue to progress. Um, I think Ben White is an upgrade on David Louise, but the problem was always the midfield. The midfield is the motor, and and we're you know if we're a V eight, we're only firing on six cylinders right now. Maybe maybe even only four. Um, to to change where I see us finishing, we need either we need a partner for Thomas Partey, but more defensive minded. That player exists here. If he will be given a legitimate shot, and somebody walk up to him, put their arm around him, and say, okay, what do we do to get you to settle here? How do we do this? And that player is Lucas Torreira because at the beginning of his Arsenal career, there was a player there. There was a player there. Now that's what Mikel Arteta gets paid to do coach. So there's your project. Go coach. There's one player there that could make a world of difference in this side. Go coach him, coach him up, get him back to where he was. And let's see what we got. If you're not going to go out into the market and get an Eve Basuma, a Bruno gomarish you know, um, but we also got to score. And I don't know that there's a striker in the world right now, and I'll throw Kili Mbappé into that, that is going to fit this system because he does not play with an out-and-out striker. It's a center forward. It's a false nine. However you want to label it, it's very Pep Guardiola-ish, and that's where he cut his teeth coaching, you know. So where does the scoring come from? Because right now it's just Hail Mary after Hail Mary, whipping in crosses into the box and hoping that someone gets on the end, and we don't have that player. Well, that's funny. a great point. That's that's a great point.
1: We, we because... had Olivier
0: Giroud, who was that player, and got rid of.
1: That's a, that's a great point, because if you look at Manchester City, you'll find that Sterling will get 10 goals, that Mahrez will get 10 goals, that De Bruyne will get 10 goals, that Bernardo Silva will chip in, that there's players all around that centre-forward that are going to contribute. And at Arsenal, other than Nicola Pepe... Let's be honest. Bukayo Saka, as great as he is, doesn't contribute enough goals. Emil Smith-Rowe hasn't contributed enough goals. And and those guys, I'm not knocking them because they're young players and they're going to develop. But at this moment in time, they're not producing enough in terms of goals to be able to to play that way with a centre-forward that is a little bit... Kind of redundant so do you, do you inside the, the pl- penalty area. The,
3: the lacquer's and the obers for that, and the Pepe's for that, Harry. Or do, well, I, I don't blame Pepe because I think he does commit, a, uh, contribute a lot. But or is that the manager just not getting the best out of this attacking kind of system,
1: whatever it be? Yeah, he's, he, he maybe he's not getting the best out of the attacking system. I think that's. I think there needs to be like Tanner mentioned it earlier. The, the shackles need to be taken off. There needs to be a bit more freedom. It's a little bit too rigid for me in the final third at the moment. And um, I want to see Pepe be able to drift inside and get close to the centre forward without having to get back into shape too quickly. But that only happens if you have the right structure behind them. You know, for all his his critics, I think Oli Gunnar Solskjaer is a good example of a manager that's actually got that quite right. He plays with Fred and McTominay midfield and everyone says, would you play those two clowns for? But actually, they do give you that defensive stability that allows Pogba, Fernandes, Rashford, whoever it is ahead of them, to just go and do what they want. That's what you need. You need spontaneous movement. You need you need that in the final third. It's a big problem for us.
0: I, I keep saying everybody brings up Obama Yang and how he's fallen off a cliff. He's you know, he's he's mezzanoso two he signed the contract, now he doesn't want to play. I don't believe that at all. I think Pierre Emmerich Obamayang could go just about anywhere else in the world and rediscover his form. The problem is the system he's playing in. It doesn't suit his style of play. He is a
4: given the ball, yeah, Sorry, that's, and that's why I think they're gonna they're trying to get Tammy Abrams. That's why I think they're trying to do that. If you have a look at all of our strikers, they're all the same. None of them can the ball, Right. And the ball gets whizzed across there. And I think you need that option. And I I, I whether it's Tammy Abram or somebody else, we need someone that's gonna get their head on and the end of these crosses. Now Harry just brought up about Manchester City, like, you know, they've got six, seven players there that get ten goals. It's still not stopping them going out and get Harry Kane, though, is it? They still want Harry Kane. They're not thinking <laughs> to themselves, you know what, we've got two players, players from here. No, we we're going to get Harry Kane. So deep down, they, as, as as well as those players are doing, he wants a centre-forward that's going to bang in 20, 30 goals a season. Like, like every decent coach would want, you know what I mean? So, you know, and you might think this is silly, but you, you bring in... uh Killian, and Papay, like he's, he's going to be in the same boat as all of our other strikes because he's not the style of play. It doesn't suit him. You know what I mean? Because what we do is we play it to, to feet in and around the edge of the box, get it to try and cut in and, and then it breaks down. What we need then is a cross going in. So you need a big centre forward in there that's going to get on the end of things. And I think Sammy Abraham would be a would be a snip at 30, 30 odd million bound or whatever like, you know, or even what I think Arsenal are trying to do is what I'm here and getting him on loan this season. You know what I mean? Like with a with a option to buy the next season. That would be a good deal for me. Get rid of uh, Eddie, get rid of um uh Lacazette and, and then you've you know free it up like and the other one for me is get get um Balligan out on loan to see what he can actually do. You know what I mean? Like and and, and I, I think to say someone like to to, to Balligan or something like that, you could use him as a bargaining tool, like go go to Brighton we will take Basuma or go go somewhere where we can, you know, get get somebody. I know it ain't like Leicester ain't the ideal one because they've got strikers, but you know, somewhere we we can get some. Get Nelson out on lunch so they can get some proper football under their belts. So when they come back to Arsenal, they're 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 hungry and ready. Look at look at Willock. He went off to Newcastle. It benefited him, you know. What I mean, like, not, not let's forget about whether it's benefited Arsenal. It probably has done with a 25 million, but it's benefited him as an individual footballer as well. So, if it was me, I'd be banging on Mikel's door. I don't want to be. There ain't no European football next season. There's no Europa League games. There's no give me games next season. We've got 38 league games and, and, and some cup games. So, I think that that is what we need to do. Like you know, and and the the system at this moment in time, right? Doesn't work for any of our forwards. It's not just the Bamiang. you know. What mm. I mean, I look at Pepe like, you know, what I mean, like, you know, I think Pepe's got some of the most, some of the stuff that he's done yesterday. I love him. I, I really amazing, like him. amazing talent, amazing a bit. But there's not really much end product to it. You know, what I mean, like, what else? What did he do yesterday? How many times did he beat beat the, the man putting deep crosses over? Do you shot? blame
3: Pe- Pepe for that, though, Lee? Or
4: a little bit, I no, I I think that he's stifled a little bit, like do you know. What I mean, as you, as as Harry just said, he's got to get back into a formation, get that worry about where he's defending all that. If you've got, uh, I you know, let, let, let's look at it with Liverpool. Everybody goes oh, about Liverpool. Liverpool's front three don't have to worry about defending. Like what what it basically, you go and do what you have to do, right? And the rest of the uh, other seven players. Like, you know, plus a goalkeeper. we we'll defend and do we we'll keep it all out. But when you get in there, express yourself. You know what I mean? Like let yourself well, there isn't that. There's no freedom in that. And you can criticize Arsene Wenger as much as you like about certain things. He used to let his forwards off the leash. You know what I mean? Like there weren't no, well, no like, all agree on that. No <laughs> worrying yep. about uh defending it. Probably too much, if I'll be honest. He you know, instead of letting three uh, uh roam around doing it, he probably let five. But ultimately, uh, it was good football, wasn't it? Like, you know what I mean? I'm sitting there yesterday, you know what I mean? I, I, if if I if I could do knitting, I'd have knitted three jumpers. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's, it's really like you know what I mean? Like, it, it, it just isn't. Um, it isn't. It, there's nothing really there to entertain, is it? Like, you know, you could see what was going to go on.
3: <laughs> Lay, I'll bring. <laughs> Lee, I'll bring this in. Uh, it's actually for Tanner, actually. So Tanner, I will give it, give it to you because I want to touch on this player because he has, um, we believe, on the verge of leaving anyway. So Tanner, my question is, if it's a false nine that Arteta wants to play, did not we sell the most suited player for a false nine uh, to Newcastle in Joe Willock? I, I I personally feel like it's good business. And Tanner, I'll come to you on this one because I, I don't think he's ever going to be worth £25 million pounds uh, playing for Arsenal again. Because I think if he does come back to Arsenal, he's going to sit on the bench. He's not going to play at a Smith-Rowe, Saka. He's not going to play as a number eight next to party. He's going to be a bit part player. He won't be 25 million. We've seen it already with Ainsley and niles where he should have gone to Wolves last summer for 15 million, he ended up going on loan to West Brom, and now no one wants him. So I yep. don't want that to happen again. What's your thoughts on Joe Willock going to Newcastle, Tanner? Uh,
0: this is This is sometimes in the world of, of professional sports a deal comes together that is perfect for every party involved this is one of those deals it's a great deal for Arsenal and to your point Dan 25 million for Arsenal he's not 20 he's not 25 million to Arsenal he's 25 million to Newcastle yeah that's that's where he got that's where he created that value was as a Newcastle player and and so we see how that's working out it works out for Arsenal because we get 25 million for a player that was never going to up his value to that much playing for us. So we get 25 million. We get a homegrown player off the books. We can add a homegrown player now if, if that if that scenario should arise. Um, it's a good deal for Newcastle. Look, they wanted him. He did well up there, he fit in well up there. That's a good deal for Newcastle as well. And it's good for Joe Willock because he's gonna get the first team playing time in a system where he's comfortable. He's confident because he scored goals up there, you know, let alone the seven and seven. But let's remember eight of his nine. Premier League goals that he scored in his career, he scored up in Newcastle. So mm. again, he was never going to create that value for himself playing in an Arsenal shirt. Um, it, it's a good deal all the way around. I'm 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 very happy about it. I think if not to kind of jump ship on on Willick, I'll circle back, but we hear a little bit of Brighton wanting Eddie and Kedia for 20 million. That's another good deal. That's a good deal for all parties involved, I think. He you're mm. you're probably not gonna get more than that for him. He's gonna get the playing time and it works out for us well. And it, you know, it gives Brighton a score that they desperately need. Um, But Joe Willick is a false nine. No, I I don't see that either. Um, You know, Joe Willick would always play for me would play in, in that, you know, that number 10 sort of playmaker slash goal scorer role uh, that he was playing for, for Steve Bruce up in Newcastle. Mm. If if there's a player on this team that is ideally suited to play that, that false nine, it, it, and I'm, and you might disagree but to me it's Alex Lacazette he's the guy that that fits that role ideally in terms of players that are in the side right now he's the guy you need you need doing that because the role of that player from what i can see in Arteta's system is holding up play and letting players around him the wingers run into space the fullbacks overlap down the wings and and create space that way um, he does need to get closer to goal though because his goal scoring acumen comes from back to goal receive the ball turn quick fire falls in the back of the net before the goalkeeper even has a chance to wind his watch so mm. respectfully no, disagree just... with the commenter i i, I wouldn't say that willock was ideal for that role that's that's not where i would see him
3: I uh, know i totally agree i listen i don't want to see a false nine again under this matter no. i saw enough no. of that jesus is but, that um, one
4: false? <laughs> say that again Lee. is any one good thing that's false
3: <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong, mate. You're not wrong. I, I, I personally <laughs> safe it is. I I, I personally see Joe Willock more as an attacking eight. Um I don't really think that as a number ten, I don't like number tens in football anyway, but if you are gonna play him there, when we did play him there, I just didn't really see him getting into the box. I see him more as an attacking eight, arriving in the box late. Um, and being more of a – maybe maybe like an Aaron Ramsey type player. I was just going to say, it's, it's Aaron so, Ramsey all over. Now. Yeah, like an Aaron Ramsey type player for me. But I hope he does well over at Newcastle because, you know, mm. I like Joe Willock, you know, as a lad and, I, and it's a good move for him. I just don't see him doing well at Arsenal. Um, let's move on from Joe Willock. I'll tell you what, I'm going to come to you, Harry, on this one because I've got a question. I've got a question for you all, actually, but I'll start with you, Harry. <laughs> How many of this current crop of players – has this manager improved in 18 months? Would you say, in your opinion, if he was to go through the players?
1: (laughs) How many of them has he improved? He's improved all of the defenders in, in terms of their shape that they hold and the way that they defend as a unit. They've still got individual errors in them, clearly, as we saw last season. And I don't think that you can coach that out of people necessarily. I think you can reduce it by putting in place a system and a shape that means that when those errors occur, you're not as, you're not punished as easily. And I think that that's what Mikel did. Um, I think that our defensive record speaks for itself and for all the negativity that follows uh, Mikel Arteta, you can't deny that that's one area that he has done a decent job in. Problem is to be a good manager, you need to find the balance across the whole team. So he's obviously got work to do I'm not going to credit him with like bringing Bukayo Saka through because we know he was in and around the team prior to that but the player hasn't regressed under him you know you could say Emil Smith Rowe is someone that's benefited from Arteta giving him that opportunity and he's taken that opportunity and he's for me at the moment he's my favorite Arsenal player because I, I love everything about him I love that style he's of Smith Rowe Smith Rowe yeah he's I'm a massive sorry, fan I, of I didn't his catch an I like the way he receives the ball on the turn and drives at teams. I think that's so important for a player in that position. Um, so for me, look, the, I think a lot of people have made this big thing, haven't they? Like Arteta's not getting enough out of the current group, and I and I think overall, I agree. Um, but I just, I don't know, man. I'm just reluctant to put all the blame at his door. And look, there's a lot of people in the chat now that are going to say that I'm defending him. I'm making excuses for him and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And I I get this every day, literally every day on social media on my own channel. I get these comments all the time. You should be Arteta's lawyer. You should be this. You should be that. (laughs) And and, and listen, if he ever needs, if he ever needs legal representation, I'd happily oblige. But (laughs) the point is, the point here is that we, it, it circles back to what we've been talking about all night. What is the point? in sitting there and saying we need to sign this player and we need to sign that player and the team's not good enough and this is that and that is that. Yet it comes to the summer and Mikel Arteta's got his hands tied behind his back because he can't bring in the players he wants because he can't shift the shit and the dead wood that is already at Arsenal Football Club. It's all irrelevant to me because any manager in his position now, yeah, a more experienced manager probably gets a bit more out of the team, but it's still not a team that competes for the top four. It's still not a team that challenges for the Premier League title, and it's still not a team that plays in the Premier League and competes with the very big boys. It's not that. And it doesn't matter who you put in charge. If the club is going to continue to be running the way it's being run, then I don't see what else we can do. Honestly, I I, don't.
3: And I think you make a great point, Harry, because as much as I'm not a fan of Mikel Arteta, I don't blame him. I blame the board and ownership for putting him in charge because he was not ready. And he's proven that in 18 months, as far as I'm concerned. And that's who I'm annoyed at. I get frustrated watching Mikel Arteta because I think he makes ridiculous errors, but actually the reason he's making errors because he hasn't done this job before. So I'm looking at the ownership and the board saying, why did you do this? If you want this process to be trusted by everybody, then why are we going to sit there and after 16 years of ownership, that don't give a damn and have neglected the club, why are we going to sit there and start to say, I trust these people now with this new manager who's never managed Wigan or Bolton, let alone Arsenal before. Let's go and give this guy the job. And we're now seeing mistakes and regular mistakes. And in pre-season, I've seen errors, mate, at the back again. You know, already we've seen that with Bellerin passing it to Abraham to put in the net. We've seen errors in in midfield with El Elneny losing the ball on the edge of his box, which he seems to do once or twice every single season. So it doesn't look like there is any progress at all. And Lee Judges, I'll come to you on this one, mate, because I'm looking at this side after, in answer to that question, I just asked Harry, I'm struggling to find many players that he has improved in 18 months. And I don't know if that's harsh, but maybe Smith, Rowe and Saka have improved under him, but I think they're just showing raw talent, which I think can get better with a manager. I think Kieran Tien is in that category as well as showing what he's got. I think Gabriel, Party, Erdegaard, when he was here and some of the other signings, I'm not sure he improved Thomas Party has he, or Gabriel. I'm not so sure that we have seen that improvement. I certainly hasn't improved Martinelli um, in my opinion, I don't know if I'm being harsh there, but I'm looking at Granite Shaka as probably having a good season. Maybe the uh, manager has liked him and he's improved. I'm struggling, Lee. Am I being harsh or is that is that fair?
4: No, no, I don't think any player's improved, but but that, that what what he has improved is the team structurally, you know, and defensively. You know, we don't concede that many. Listen, we we, we was all four at the back. All of a sudden now we've got the third best defence in the league. So as as a, a unit, I think that they've improved. So there's obviously there's been work which you can see. I, I think that we 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 don't we don't look like we're gonna concede every time a team goes forward now, where I, I you know, it was like uh batting down the hatches because as soon as a team come forward we look vulnerable and all that. We don't look as vulnerable. We look like we've got more control of the game. And I think that that improves. I, do, I really do. I think that if you have a look at even yesterday's game, um, we was basically in the, in, in the incentive. We was like on top. We've we passed in the way we've So there's a good shape to us when we haven't got the ball. There's a good shape. But what happens and what the problem is, is that um, we get to a certain area and we we can't break it down. And then what we do the next time we try it again, and then we overload by trying to force it. And then we get a little bit we we lose our shape, and we get there's a bit of vulnerability. But the ultimately it's because he hasn't got the players that he really needs in that. I I, I and I'm going to say this now, and this is the frustration with me. If he was to bring in in the next week Madison and Noir, Right, do you know what Arsenal will be a really, really good side because it will open up things and I think it will take a lot less pressure. And, and, and then you would say, Right, okay, we've got players that can continually keep the ball, we've got players like Partey that can win the ball back and Shaka and whatever, like you know. But what we've got then is we've got players that can keep the ball, m- manipulate it, and run off of it, like in Smith, and Saka, and things like that. And then what we've got. I think, a little bit more freedom for the likes of Pepe, Aubameyang and, and those up front. But what happens at the moment, we haven't got that. We haven't got it. And and, and that's where we're, we're struggling. But I do see a much better team shape to us. I do see a little bit more solidarity to us. But I actually think at the end of it, we've not got quite the right players up front and, and until he gets that sorted out and I don't necessarily in up front you know as an attack inside yeah 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 yeah. We we, we we won't see no improvements because as 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 Harry says it's all great it's all great that uh Smith Rowe is good on the turn and he drives forward but he's not one of those players that when he's in that pocket can can find that intricate little pass he's not got that to his game now that's not something that is easy to do. I don't think probably there's a lot of players who've got that. So you've got to get that player in there that does do that. Then that'll open it up for Smith-Rowe and it could open it up for Aubameyang and whatever. But at this moment in time, until he gets the right players in those areas, then then we're not going to, we're, we're, we're banging our heads against a, a, a wall. Yeah. And it, yes, you can make better players better individually, but it's not tennis. It's a team sport. Team sport, right, Lee? It's a team sport. So it's about getting the team right and, and making a good team. Now, now individually, you don't have to have the best players to make the best team. So you know this is this is where where it is a little where this argument falls short of it a little bit. Like you know, and my my problem with Mikel Arteta is that if he, if he's not going to be backed, then he's then he's and and get the players in that he needs and wants. He is going to be under under the pump and I. And I'm, I'm sorry, the fans are not going to tolerate what I see of last season more than one or two games at home. Uh, you know, I don't care who you are. I'm not spending £90 and watching what watching that every week.
3: No, you're right, mate. You're right. And, the, you know, like you said, Lee, it is boring. It is boring, boring football. Harry, we're going to start to wrap up soon, but Harry, we'll come to you because I think it's, I think it's worth saying and it might be a bit negative, so no one in the chat go too mental, but, Obviously, he's going to be under pressure from day one, in my opinion, right? Mikel Arteta. Brentford, we've got Man City and Chelsea, which a lot of people have accepted that we're going to lose, as long as we don't lose 7 or 8 nil each time. We've obviously got Burnley and Norwich, and then it's the North London derby. So let's just concentrate on those six games. What realistically keeps Mikel Arteta his job in terms of points? Um, Or does he stay whatever? Does he stay whatever, in your opinion?
1: I don't think he should be sacked five, six games into the season. I, I don't see the point in that. If that was if you're going to sack him five, six games into the season, you might as well sack him in the summer and give someone else the opportunity to, to you know, prepare the team for the season. It doesn't make sense to me to do that. Um, okay. I, I do think that Mikel Arteta will get probably up until Christmas. I think the fans will be on his back before that. And as I've said before, even though I don't think a lot of the issues are caused by him... I think that it's fair and understandable that people are upset and frustrated and want to see a change. I I just think when you look at those first six games that you've mentioned, City and Chelsea, both Champions League finalists, uh, we don't have any right to beat either of those two sides. Okay, anything we get from those games is a bonus for me. The North London derby, you want to see Arsenal win. But if Arsenal drew that and you managed to beat the other three teams, Brentford, Norwich, Burnley, I think you'd be quite pleased with that, wouldn't you? Or you'd say it's a reasonable start to the season. I've always said that this season, what I'm looking for, I'm looking for Arsenal to challenge for the top four. A top six finish is a good season for me. A top four finish is an excellent season because that's where this current group and current squad are at. We've got a, a, a really, I think, imbalanced squad. I think we talked a lot about the forwards and that is a big problem But equally, what's it going to cost to go out and replace a 60 million pound striker like Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, a striker we paid 60 million pound for? What's it going to cost to go and get rid of Alexander Lacazette and replace him? And the fact that all of these players are still at the club, that is the biggest telltale sign that this club have got no money to spend because Lacazette is going into the final year of his contract not because Arsenal want to be in that situation again with a player running down his contract because Arsenal can't afford to go and bring in a striker that they feel is good enough to justify moving Lacazette on that's the I I I find it baffling how no one can see that or, or a lot of people can't see that the problem all stems from the fact that we don't have the money to replace these players you know the money that Arsenal have spent over the last you know, year and a bit has been from restructuring of debt. It's been the Cronkies taking on debt that Arsenal had as a football club. bringing it into their under their own company and then basically charging less interest to the football club than what they were paying previously to make funds available. You've got players on stupid wages and you've got a squad that needs improving and we can't do it at the moment. And that's why if you're frustrated, if you're angry, and you're an Arsenal fan going to the games and you're, you're, you're getting on to people, get on to those people sitting upstairs because they're the problem here. And it doesn't matter if you put Carlo Ancelotti in charge, if you put Pep Guardiola in charge at the moment, you come in, you've got a bang average squad and you can't improve it. Where are you going to go? There's a ceiling and and you can only go so far. You know, it is for me, it's... It's a much deeper problem than Mikel Arteta. He's part of it at the moment because I don't think he's done a good enough job overall as a manager. But ultimately, with that those players, you can't polish a turd, can you? What are you going to do with them? And there were so many oh. of them. That I just
3: Listen, you're right. There are so many that are terrible. Well, I, I guarantee you. £50 million pound for Ben White is not the priority, in my opinion. So, I yeah. you know you're saying we've got no money. We've spent £50 million pound on a centre-back. We've got no money. Why be buying a centre-back money?
4: Take a gamble on Saliba. there. If you ever... Why, why put all it out for, for Ben White? Don't get me I like Ben White, but we had Saliba. Yeah,
3: I do. I like him. I think he's a good signing. So, yeah, £50 a million on that player a lot okay so if you're me. the
1: manager if you're the manager and you come into a club let's let's take the Saliba situation as an example because this is one that a lot of people get upset about why did we let Saliba go well if you're the manager and you come into the club and you don't rate the guy then are you supposed to just keep him because somebody no, previously as a manager that it continues
4: because... to be playing Bellerin this is yeah, but hold ad. on,
1: hold on. We're t- we're talking about William Saliba, specific yeah. example, yeah.
4: Well, if he doesn't rate him, Harry, right? You know, what I mean, this is my problem with Michael Arteta. He doesn't rate Guendouzi, but he's better than what we've. He's better than Nenny. But this is the trouble with with Michael Arteta. I'm 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 worried about that. And at the end of the day, if he doesn't rate him, why has he gone out and spent all the money on a centre half, right? When he could have made and 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 got a midfield players and he needed. Why has he, well, he
3: not sold Saliba? That's what I don't get. If you don't like him, why well, keep loaning him out all the time? Just get some money for him. If you really hate him, you Who's, well, who's going to get
1: close to the valuation that? And that not, We're not going to
0: get that, Harry. We're not going to get that, but, Harry. But, Never going to get, get that now. There it Sorry, is, Dan. Let's see, that's the problem. Is that this? The, uh, part of the problem within the club is they have a valuation of a player that is, is that probably exceeds what his actual market value really is, and let's face it, whatever a, pl- a a player's value is, what someone's willing to pay for him, right? And we have William Saliba, young, talented. He's a unit of a man, absolutely. And and you can see that there's there's something there, and we we spent twenty seven million on him, and the club aren't willing to take a penny less than that because they still think that player is in there. When the, the sad reality of it is. He hasn't played. Uh, he, he hasn't had a kick of the ball for this club in a meaningful game. The world economy is crap right now because of the pandemic and everything else. What? So we're never going to get that. And the clubs simply say, well, if we're not going to get what we want for him, if we're not going to get exactly the dollar amount that we want for him, there's no wiggle room there. And And he keeps going out on loan, I think, simply because nobody's willing to buy him. And the fact is. I, I was going to make this this comparison last week on same old Arsenal USA. It's like driving by a car lot, right? You drive by a car a car dealership, you see all these cars out on the lot, and you say, "These are all really nice cars. Why isn't anybody buying? Why does this car lot have all these cars?" Because nobody wants to buy them, or nobody has the money to buy them. It's and now and I know it's you know supply and demand. I I, I get that. There's a big big difference, but if nobody wants to buy them, then the player's not going to get sold. It, it's just that's just the way that that.
4: My argument is, is, if you've not got the money, but you've got players there, like Gwendozi, like um, Saliba, I would say to myself, well, if you can't coach them, then I'll get someone in that can. Uh, And and this is is my thing about Artel. What has he done so, so well that keeps giving him a Bible to let players young go and all that like what? You know, for him to turn around and go, I don't want to even though you spent 27 million, but I'll bring in a 50 million pound player. Uh, uh, what, yes, Mikel, yes, yes, we'll do that because you're <laughs> so good, yes, yes. Right, you know what <laughs> I, mean? I think to me, no, hold on a you're eighth in the league twice. I don't see where he's got all this points in the as well. But it, all stems from the, it all
1: stems from the top league. Who in that club is going to go to and knock on Mikel Arteta's door and say, no, that's not that's not the right thing. Who's going to do that?
4: That this is the whole. I don't know, no, but I, you know, I'll tell you something now, Aaron. And I'll tell you this now, right? I guarantee you, if Arsenal don't beat Chelsea on the first game of the season, the fans will go. They will turn. I don't think they will turn on Mikel Arteta, but they'll be spending the effing money being sung out to him like Kroenke's out. They get it. And I'll tell you what, it will be all. Game long, come to the next game as well, like because I tell you what, it will be one or two games, and these fans have had enough. And and I'll I'll be honest, you know, I mean, I've been you, you as well, Harry. We've been. I've tried to back Mikel as long as long as I could, but ultimately, like I'm, I'm, I just don't see it now. Like, do you know what I mean? So. One little bad result, and I'm 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 going to flip. You've even said it today. I'm about to lose my head. I don't think with Mikel Arteta, but the whole thing. Yeah, it's, it's the whole thing. Well, yeah, and, and I think that I'm in the same position, like you know. I mean, I've had enough. And if I don't see anything coming on that first game of the season, I'm going to go. I'm going to let. I'm going to let him have it. You know what I mean, like and and, and, I, and I'll, I'll be shouting out to Arteta. You don't know what you're doing. And I'll be saying to him, not spend the effing money because what is not good enough. And it, 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 Harry. Let's be honest about it. I'm not having a go at you here because you're exactly right what you say. We've got no expectations of beating Chelsea and um, and Man City. But uh, when when did that come into play? How many years has that come into play before you've turned around? Well, you know, I've been going to Arsenal and I've been going to Arsenal for a very, very long while thinking that we could win every game that we played in, Right. But I don't now. I'm, I'm with you on this area. I, I I know that when I go to Chelsea, I'm gonna f- pay my money through the door, right? Knowing that we ain't gonna win that game, right? You know, we might win it like we did last season again. You know, like I'll, I'll be honest, I went into Boxing Day. I I, I dreaded Boxing Day because I thought like you know we was gonna lose it, but we did. We won it. But ultimately, uh, you know, this this the game against Man City. I go every single time there against Man City. We ain't winning this game. It's it's, it's so if we can keep the gap the score down. Now, when has that changed with Arsenal? You know, but there's an acceptance that we will lose to Manchester City and Chelsea, oh, right, that's all right, we, we expect that. We'll lose those two games. But if we win the other two games against Burnley um, and Brentford and Norwich, <laughs> you know, what I mean, like, they're give-me's in this world of, of football where well, they should be.
3: Hmm. You know well, what I mean? Where, but, that's where we've fallen, mate. That's, that's where we've fallen.
4: It's such you a big... Full and Lee,
3: You're right, because if we would have actually seen a few weeks ago, if we would have seen the James Madison rumours coming to light, if Latouro Martinez was coming in through the door, who Mawar was done, Bisuma was done, of course we'd be excited, going wow, they've actually put their hands in the pocket Bronkies!" you know. Wow, amazing. That's not happening now, so we're still with an eight-play squad, and that's where I think we'll probably finish if this squad stays the same. Sorry, Harry, come, on, you're coming in.
1: I, I was just going to say, though, but you've hit the nail on the head there. We're talking about why we're in this position. And and there's been a decline at Arsenal Football Club for years and years and years. And it started during Arsene Wenger's tenure. Now, I don't, I'm not one of those people that blames Arsene Wenger for all of it, because for me, Arsenal wouldn't be the club they are if it wasn't for Arsene Wenger. There wouldn't be people um ac- across the world supporting Arsenal Football Club because they enjoyed watching George Graham's football. I'm sorry, like he was a great Arsenal manager, but George Graham's football wasn't going to bring you know, a global fan base to Arsenal Football Club. Arsene Wenger took us to a completely different level. And and, and that is why we are the size of a football club that we are today. But the issue here is that the problem has always been, or for the last few years anyway, a lack of ambition and a lack of competence at the very, very top of the football club. You can say, why is Mikel Arteta in charge? Who the hell put him there? You can say, why was Unai and Maria appointed? Who were the people that put him there? You're looking at it now and we're hearing, as Dan said, Arsenal in talks about James Madison. Do you think f- that Mikel Arteta doesn't want to sign James Madison? If this deal doesn't get done, it's because the club wouldn't stretch to what it took to get the deal done. Yeah, that's know, a great point. What I want to know from all the Arsenal fans that sit there and they say Arteta this and Arteta's that and that, you know, Anybody that looks at it in a different way is an Arteta sympathizer and all this crap. I want to know if those people genuinely think Mikel Arteta sits there and turns his nose up at top players or if it's because the club can't get the deals done. Mikel Arteta can identify players. He can get the negotiations going and then it is up to the club to do the deal. And we don't have the right people, A, to negotiate well, as you've seen with the players that we sell and with the players that we're trying to bring in. And then what we're doing is we're asking an inexperienced manager to overachieve with the group that he currently has. And it's just not a winning combination. You know, we're going to go to the Emirates Stadium. We're probably going to get beaten by Chelsea. Second game of the season, home game, Sunday afternoon, it'll be uh, a, a big sort of crowd and everybody will be getting on his back. But they should be getting on the club's back. And this is the big problem. And and we're going to learn a lot about Arteta this season, I think, as a man, because if he's the manager that I think he is, and he backs himself the way I think he does, rightly or wrongly, he's a confident man. If he does back himself, then he's got and then he's got to go and make a noise upstairs. And you know what? I would have respect for him if if it went six months down the line and he said, you know what, fuck this, I'm not going to take control of this club anymore because this is the issue or he started getting a bit prickly the way Mourinho does and he comes out and he starts talking about this and talking about that because at this moment in time he is trying to save a sinking ship and I I don't think it's good for us as a football club and I don't think it's good for him in terms of his managerial career because Mikel Arteta might well walk away from Arsenal and be seen as a failure when actually the environment was never one he could succeed in.
3: Well, listen, Harry, I think you're you're dead right in what you're saying about the Cronkies. You're dead right about the board. I don't like them. I hate them and I want them gone as well. I think Mikel Arteta has his faults 100%, but I don't put all the blame on Mikel Arteta. I do think that he's not right, the right guy for the job. We're going to start to come to a r- wrapping up now. Tanner, I'm, I'm going to start with you and end with Lee. Um, we have got a Premier League season in only a few days' time, mate, and um, it's not looking very positive as an Arsenal fan base. What are you expecting to happen and the same question to you as I asked Harry earlier: Does Mikel Arteta deserve more than a, a handful of games, or is like it, it just pressure on from day one? Are you are you with me or Harry? The pressure's on from day one, um,
0: but I, six games is too that that's that's too short a fuse, I think, to to make a a final decision. And the question that that also has to to be asked in that situation is who replaces him. You know, and, and 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 I think we're all in agreement with you know, I think it was Lee that said you can bring in Carlo Ancelotti, you could you you could bring in you know, you name it, and and you know, some of the best managers in the world and and they're not gonna fix this problem. It's as simple as that. Um the thing I'll say about Arteta is what what I think he needs to learn. Um, and like Harry says, he's a confident guy. Um, but he has to look at the team and say okay what what are the individual strengths within this side and play to those individual strengths rather than saying i'm the guy in charge you're going to do what i tell you to do and i think last year and going in you know through this preseason that's the attitude that he's had and i think that stems from younger guy first time manager and he really wants to leave his mark he really wants to show everybody that he's in charge but reel it in a little bit bring that bring that ego back into check a little bit and and see what it's going to take to to get success out of this current group of, group of players because I do think there's talent within this this side. I, I think this side has the talent so playing playing, so playing the right style of football that that top six, even top four, top four is not unattainable. You just never know what's going to happen, but Arteta has to see what the right what the what the traits are and create the right system for them as far as ownership goes. I'll just say this and and circle back real quick, if you'll oblige me to cool something story. that you said, Dan, but why did they hire Mikel Arteta? Well, in terms of a young guy, no experience, and I'll give you two American examples because they own American sports franchises, the LA Rams and the Colorado Avalanche, which are a professional ice hockey team. And if you've heard me say it once, I've said it a million times, they hired two young coaches there um, with no coaching experience at the level they're coaching and they got cocky because they because they they had success. Um, Sean McVeigh with the Rams reached the Super Bowl in his second season in charge. So they're looking at that. Saying, oh yeah, we we made the right call here. And Jared Bednar has a Stanley Cup, a perennial Stanley Cup contender with with the Avalanche year in and year out. So they they got a little cocky there. I think saw that, but also build something. You don't want to bring in the sixty five year old guy that's been doing it for fifty year forty years. Because it's like, yeah, but he's only, how long is he really going to be here? Even if he's massively successful, how long is he really going to be here? Um, so I think they looked at Arteta as a young guy, said, we've done it over here. We can do it here. But also, we want to build something big. Um, but if they're not going to back him, you could be Jesus Christ and it's not going to make a difference. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah.
3: I mean, uh- the way, the way that I, I totally agree with the Cronky thing by the way, and I think it's great to bring other other examples in over from America. I personally feel Antonio Conte would get more out of this side than Mikel Arteta because he's sure. a world class manager. Of course right. he would. Do I think that he's he going to come into Arsenal? Absolutely not, because we've got owners that will not go for appointment like Antonio right. Conte. Right. So yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe this is us stuck. Maybe we are, but unless the owner that I'm blaming and the board, who I don't think have a clue either, but the owner doesn't care and he's neglecting it because he's allowing somebody like this to come in. So I can scream for Conte all day long and I just don't think it's going to happen. I'd love it to. I'd love to be that ambitious, but I just can't see it happening. Go on, what, what we really need is is the healthy mix of both. We need, we need the young, innovative
0: manager with enough experience, just enough experience to come over here and not be out of place and making wacky, Brain dead decisions like starting Hector Bellerin, you know, in the final preseason match, when you know you he he's got one foot out the door and your hand is on his back pushing him. So the boneheaded decisions need to go. Um, I, I, the example I would use is Eric Ten Hogg. I, I I like him. I especially the system that he's working in right now with Ajax. I, I, there's only better system in the world I can think of is Bayern Munich. So, uh, fair,
3: fair play, fair play, great, great. Uh, again, I'll, I'll come to Lee in a minute, Harry, just to finish off what you're saying, mate, and come to Lee after.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say like someone like Antonio Conte, of course, he's a better manager than Mikel Arteta. Of course, we'd, uh, we'd all jump at the opportunity to have him. I wrote an article about three months ago where I said he was for me, pound for pound, the best manager in the world because I, I think he turns around teams very, very quickly. But I do think that building something is the right approach because I think it's the only way that Arsenal are going to get back to the the top. You can't expect Arsenal, because of the nature of our owners, to do what Man City do, to do what Chelsea do and spend ridiculous amounts of money. Therefore, you have to build and you have to have a system that produces players and that nurtures players and at times will sell players to keep the club competitive financially. That's going to happen. And the best example of a club that do that so brilliantly, and someone's just brought him up in the chat, is Atalanta and Gasparini. Atalanta are probably the best team to watch in Italy and have been for the last three years. They don't have anywhere near the sort of money that Juve, that Milan, that Roma, that Inter have. They're not anywhere near them in terms of budget. They're all sort of much bigger clubs and they're competing because they've given Gasparini time to build a style of play. And what Gasparini does is he looks around, they've got a really good scouting system and he plucks out players from unfancy clubs that you've never heard of, brings them into his team, utilises them for two free seasons and then sells them on for big money. Look at them now, selling players to Tottenham for, for big money. This is the way that these clubs that don't have the sugar daddy owners stay near the top and compete. And Arsenal have to do that. And that is a long game. It's not a a thing that happens overnight. That's why they've gone for a Mikel Arteta. Because a Carlo Ancelotti, for me, I would have picked him. But I think Carlo Ancelotti should have come in when Wenger left. But what happened was, we brought in Unai Emery that was, in my opinion, the wrong appointment. That didn't go too well. It was a shambles by the time he left. And then, We're in the same position. We're in a worse position when Arteta comes in because of how badly it went at the end of Emery's tenure. So you've actually taken two steps back instead of stabilising the ship and then working on that rebuild. We sunk deeper and now, you know, we've gone, we're in a place where we need this rebuild. Anyone sensible can see it, that it's going to take time. Anyone sensible can see that we can't compete financially with City, with United, with Chelsea yet nobody's got the patience to give it a bit of time and see how it goes. So what is it that people want? I'm not happy with Arsenal being eighth. I'm not happy with Arsenal being mediocre. But I don't really see how we ever get back to the top unless we play the long game a little bit. And signings like Ben White, tying down Emil Smith-Rowe, tying down Saka, Martinelli, Tierney, Lokonga, these are signings for the long haul. But they're going to take time. It's going to take time for you to see those benefits. And Sacking Mikel Arteta tomorrow, Means that you start all over again.
3: The judges are going to let you have the last word, mate. Um, ownership manager, start to the season, talk to me.
4: Yeah, well, you know, I, I do think that um, um, it's. It depends on. Us. <laughs> I think it's a massive game on on, on Friday. I, I really do. I think if he loses this, it, it means we'll be bottom by the time we go into the transfer. We know because we've lost all three games. So I think it's a a, a real real. Massive game for him on on Friday. I really do. I think it's a it's a game changing situation game. You know, preseason's out of the window. You can lose every game in preseason. That, that, who cares? You know, it's about what happens on Friday, and you know he needs he needs a performance. He needs a win. Um, otherwise, I think that you know I, I see major problems ahead for him, and and the 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 owners as well. Every single game I expect. And I do expect this. I expect everybody in that stadium to be saying exactly what they think of Stan Kroenke and his son. Every single game, if things are not going well. As soon as things start going wrong, I expect that. I think it will be them at first. And I think that Mikel won't get, get it. I think he'll dodge a bullet for the first few weeks of the season, the first few games. Ultimately, what happens then when we come back after that um game against uh, Man City is of course the, the transfer window will be over we know what's going on and then I, I, I honestly if nothing's done from there Miguel will get it big time as well I, I really do and I, I think we're in for a, a real dodgy dodgy season if things are not done in the next few weeks in the transfer window I really do and I, I know what Harry's saying stay patient and all that like but what will happen if we get eighth again then the next season your, your big players, your sackers, and and that will be. I'm 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 not in for this. But I'm, Judge,
1: we're going to be at a game, yeah, against Chelsea. Do you know how much I just want to go to the ground? We've all been away for such a long time from competitive football. I I don't want the cronky talk to be part no, of the no, game no, against right. Chelsea. Sorry, I will want... to
4: you down, there. It won't be a choice, will it? No, no. That,
1: that's that's different. That's I want. From the kickoff, I want every single Arsenal yes, fan to cheer every challenge, cheer yes. every throw on, and lift the players because for years we've not done that. You've got to say, as a home crowd, apart from a select few games each season, the no, majority I, of the time, of
4: you know, I, pass I, I, totally get, I totally get what you're saying, and, and I think the fans will be behind. You know, uh, that 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 performance, hundred percent. We're really looking forward to it. But if they see the same mistakes and see the same thing and then by half-time being bored, Harry, you know what I mean? I'll tell you what, I know this sounds silly, but there were times last season when fans weren't even going into the second half, they was in the bars, staying at home like, it's boring. You know what I mean? Like, But they won't be now because you're dead right what you're saying. It's a new city, everything's a little bit new. It's not being new again. It's not Christmas for us fans. We haven't had it for so long, right? So I do believe that we're going to do it. But I'll tell you, on the back... Yeah, you're right. What you're saying, but on the back of a a win against um, Brentford, I think that would be right. But if there's a back, if there's a on the back of a defeat against Brentford going into that game, I think there would be a nervous nervousness about it. And then if we if we're one or two nil down against Chelsea, I think it will turn, Harry. Yeah, it will turn. You're right. It will
1: turn. But I, I just want to see, like we're going into a new season and we've kind of painted it as this doom and gloom season again and it's just like part of being a football football fan and enjoying it is no you don't know but it part of going into a new season is that optimism that just comes from it being a new season and i want to see everybody at the emirates in that game against chelsea up off their feet every challenge every throw in every shot every tackle cheered and like make a big atmosphere make chelsea go hold on a minute we're in a fucking game here not, yeah, not, 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 Chelsea come and control the ball for fifteen minutes, and everybody going, oh, oh, and then when we get the ball, and we give it away.
4: You know those moans and groans that we all hear at the Emirates. I don't want to see that because that don't help. And and I, I, listen, anybody that knows me knows that I'll be giving it hundred percent while I'm watching the game. You know what I mean? I, I and I always do. Never go before the end. I'll, I'll give it to to the to the all, but. Once that game's finished, then I, I dissect it and then see what I think. And if I don't see, if I think that it ain't good enough, then I'll vent my anger. But I'm, I'm with you, you know what I mean? Like, listen, there's nothing at this moment in time that's exciting me about going back to football. I'm not even going to go at the Brentford game. But but what I will say this is that come the game against Chelsea, I will be up for it 100%. You know what I mean? Especially if we've had a good win against uh, Brentford. And especially if we sign a couple of bloody players by then, like you know,
3: what I mean, I'll be well, well, happy. Night, eh? Oh, well, listen, I, I think we're a bit too late to get players for Brentford, but I certainly could get yeah. some towards <laughs> the Chelsea and the Man City game.
0: Real, real quick, is it full capacity
3: or the yeah. Premier League? Does it? It's full capacity, yeah. okay. Yeah, Good. it's looking yeah. that way, mate. It's looking that way. So the crowd yeah. will be there. We're going to wrap this up, guys. Um, Tanner, mate, it's been a pleasure, my man. Um, no. Loved it. We're going to go over. I'm jumping on your channel in a minute. What are we up to, mate?
0: Uh, It is uh, BG Media. Search uh, Bearded Gooner Media on YouTube. Uh, The show's called Beards and Cannons. Uh, I've got Dan jumping on. Uh, My buddy Ryan Arse Bros. Ryan is coming on. Uh, I was going to ask Lee to be on it, but Beards and Cannons and, well, you know. So,
1: um yeah I was going to uh, say do you, do you want a proper beard tanner cuz Dan's Dan's not <laughs> really fine. Yeah. Months yeah. I, was, I was <laughs> trying saved, to get Stan no.
0: to come on but he's got the he's got the same problem that that, that Lee has apparently but uh, uh so we're going to do that uh Glenn and New Glenn from New York uh everybody loves Glenn and his his angry ranting and raving nature. Uh so that'll be in about uh 15 20 minutes give or take. Um hey drop a subscription over on the channel please and thank you. We're nearing 1000 would be great to get
3: there before Brentford Thank you very much for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it. Uh, good for you. Nah, good to see you, Tanner. And make sure you come and support the channel and the content that Tanner puts out. Uh, Harry, man, chronicles going well as always, bro. You're up to spot fifteen thousand subscribers almost. It's uh. Just, big, shy that, yeah. just shy of that, no, just yeah. shy of
1: that. Yeah, about 50 away. So, hopefully, you get there by the end of the week. But, yeah, all going good. Uh, check it out. I know a lot of people, uh, from what they've been saying in the comments probably won't want to subscribe, but that's cool. <laughs> uh, each to their own. <laughs> but, yeah, no, thank you for the plug. And great to be back because I was away last week. So, good to chat to you all,
0: Harry. We're hot yeah. on your heels, man. I'll be there before you know it.
1: <laughs>
3: yeah, man, you know it. good to see. Good to see you, man. Good to see you. And uh, listen, your opinions I don't always agree with, but you always articulate them well and back them up, Harry. And that's what the podcast is all about as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Lee Judges, man, always a pleasure. Um, Mate, Lee Judges TV, we're going to be doing some more content, me and you, towards the rest of the week, towards the Brentford game. So, um... If anyone hasn't done so already, there's over a 1,000 of you. Uh, There was 1,200 of you watching live at one stage. Absolutely amazing. Please come and support us all uh, on our podcast channels. If you haven't done so already, please hit a like on this video, subscribe to the channel, and follow us all on social media. We'll be providing content throughout the week, and hopefully we can start to be a bit more positive towards the start of the season. But Lee, always a pleasure, man, and uh, cheers for coming on. You're on mute, mate, but don't worry. <laughs> Doesn't even know, does he? Doesn't even know he's on mute. None of us can hear him. Um,
4: right. we... Great chat. Great chat. <laughs> there, he <is. laughs>
3: there he is. There he is. There uh, he is. Guys, always a pleasure. Thanks you so much in the chat. Uh, but we will see you next uh, week. I think Albert might be doing something on Thursday night um, with myself and Graham, if we can all make it to do a a bit of a preview for the Brentford game. Um, So that will be advertised. But until then, we'll see you next time, guys.